What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast. That podcast by two brothers from the same mother, giving you their fantasy takes, hits, analysis, and everything in between. As usual, it's your boy Derek here with the big bro, that boy, Daryl. Daryl, my man, we are here on to week seven. The season just keeps pushing on by, my man. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Week seven is down upon us. We're recording this on a Thursday, just a few hours away from Saints and Jaguars. You know, it's we're, we're here. The bye week apocalypse is upon us. So, yeah, let's <laughs> l- l- let's get to getting on how to on how to manage this damn thing. Yeah, I think it's one of two bye week apocalypses apocalypse that we have. Um, I think we have six teams in a couple weeks as well. But for some reason, we have a couple weeks in between here where no teams are on by, which it really doesn't make any sense. But I guess to somebody making a schedule, it, it worked out that way. Yeah, it's weird. And it especially is terrible for me because in our little best ball league, I'm playing you this week and I have more than a few key pieces of my not so great team already on by <laughs> this week. So it's like, well, you know, it's fantasy. It's how we get down. Had to break out the Anita on you, my boy. But uh, <laughs> let's get to the show, man. We um we're actually doing a two for one like we did last week. Um, life is lifing for us, so this is just what we gotta do. So we're gonna do our wrap-up for week six. Uh, won't have any waiver recommendations, if you will, but we will briefly kind of talk about some guys you should have picked up, if you will, if that makes sense. Uh, of course, we'll get into our matchups here for week seven. Some I can do that. And then DBB to end the show. Let's get into it. Let's wrap that ish up. B, wrap up of week six, highlights, lowlights, anything that caught our eyes. We'll dip down there to Miami. And they steamroll the Panthers, even though early on it was it was a little slow there. Uh, 42 to 21 win for the Dolphins. Uh, first note getting into this is Raheem Mostert, 17 rushes, 115 yards for two touchdowns, had three receptions for 17 yards and a touchdown there. So a three touchdown day for Mr. Raheem Mostert. Daryl, before I turn this over to you, I got a wax poetic on my man, Raheem. Wax on. Radio Raheem, a.k.a. Raheem Mostert. Not Radio Raheem, Raheem Devon, but Raheem Mostert, RB2 on the season. His finishes are as follows. 19, 5, 2, 31, 11, and 1. So man's been an RB3 or greater this season every week. He's seventh in rushing yards, a 5.72 rushing yards per carry metric. That's wonderful. That's the third highest on the season. Has 13 big rush plays. Those are rushes over 10 yards. That's tied for third. He's sixth in rushing first downs. Um, when it comes to rushing yards on first and 10, he has 329 of those, which is good for second league-wide. 
And in the second half, this man has five rushing touchdowns. That leads the league. Ladies and gentlemen, you are getting this man ADP-wise at RB39, 119th overall in PPR leagues. That's a 10th-round pick. That's your RB2 on the season. I'm better than you. My shape up better. My car fast. My drips better. My clothes better. My holes better. My tattoos better. I'm stronger than you. Raheem Mostert, running back. What you got for Box off. Yeah, it's been it's been amazing to see um, on a personal level. I have him on more than a few teams, and this is just making me giddy as all get out. Um, it's it, it it really is amazing to see. He's had a bunch of things kind of break his way, you know, especially to start this year um, with Achan uh, going down after after breaking out, um, and with Jeff Wilson being down for the first. Now it's five games or six games. I don't. I can't recall if Miami's had a bye yet. But um, HN, I mean, uh, Wilson being out for the first five, six games of the year. So, you know, it's been it's been good to see. Now it's just about like, can this continue, or to what extent can this continue? Because with what he's doing for you right now and the draft capital you put into him, if he can give you a good. 70% of this going forward, you're still probably happy with him, you know? So, right. um, oh, yeah. so yeah, it's just like what percentage of this is going to be shaved off because th- this can't last, you know, this, th- this can't <laughs> last, but it's been so, so awesome. Um, so, you know, I'm sure it's helped plenty of teams to get out to very fast starts and whatnot. So yeah, shout out, shout out radio Raheem Mostert, man. Yeah, as I mentioned, that ADP, he's going around a RB3, um, or RB3, if you will, on the season. So, like, you were coming in, this guy was probably a backup for you. Or if you're just in a deep flex play league, you know, maybe a deeper flex for you. And, you know, he's giving you a lot here. So, especially in those leagues, if you happen to go, you know, anchor RB and just kind of got a good sample of guys late, and he's one of them, you're golden. Um, the rest of that Miami offense, I mean, Tua balled out. He had three passing touchdowns on 262 yards. Uh, Tyreek Hill, six for 163 in a touchdown. That man is carrying my best ball team, um, in that league you mentioned earlier. And then Jalen Waddle has seven for 51 on a touchdown. Um, any quick thoughts on any of these guys or the Miami offense as a whole outside of Mostert? Yeah, it's just kind of amazing that there can be an offense where four guys make it as far as fantasy relevance goes in a given week. And it's just like, you know, we're, we're, we're not surprised. You know, obviously we're talking about it. We're, we're not letting it pass by unnoticed. But four guys can make it. And it's just like, yeah, that, that's just how they do. <laughs> right. And I know with with uh, Jalen Waddle, you know, drafters, you know, drafted this man kind of early and, you know, the first couple of weeks were kind of eh. then he had an injury there and, you know, he's come back here. He's seen 10 and nine targets the past two games. Uh, good for wide receiver 20 and 13 these past two weeks. Uh, so, you know, you're you're fine with Jalen now. The, the boom will come like if he's seeing those kind of targets in this offense you'll be fine. He's going to bounce back and be that guy that you thought he is or was. Um, To the Carolina side, I just wanted to mention (laughs) uh, Chuba Hubbard 
getting the start here with uh, Miles Sanders out, 19 for 88 in the touchdown. Um, also had a reception only for two yards. And then Adam Thielen, man, <laughs> 13 targets, uh, 11 receptions, 115 yards in a tutty. Man, um, Adam Thielen just ticking along here. But let's get back to Chuba. Um, are you you thinking any increase of touches may occur for him with this kind of performance or things will be back to what they were beforehand? I would think it would have to like kind of, you know, shade more towards an even split once they come back off the bye because it it feels like Chuba has earned it. Um, You know, I know Miles Sanders has the contract, but Chuba is, is leading him in all the efficiency numbers and, you know, in the eye test numbers, uh, if you will, as well. Like he looks better out there than, than Miles Sanders has so far to this year. So I would imagine they'd, they'd keep him involved in the offense um, going forward and, you know, tick him up from what he was, say, the first three three or four weeks. So, yeah, I I, I think he's planted a flag um, for himself. Yeah, I I, I would think they would do the same as well. I mean, he's only seen over, well, 50% of the snaps, over 50% of the snaps one time, excluding this past week. Um, but, yeah, the, the way that he was running in that game, I wasn't watching it live but saw the highlights. He looked he looked really good, man. And, you know, from a fantasy perspective, I think it's a guy that, you know, you hold on to him. And as we get into these bye weeks and another bye Mageddon, he may be a guy that, you may be able to plug into your RB2 position. Um, as far as Adam Thielen, man, kind of in that same tier, Raheem Moster, like you got yourself basically a wide receiver one for dang near free, man. Yeah, it, it, it really is amazing. And, you know, to say that nobody saw it coming, I mean, I guess it's a little redundant because this man was going in the double digit rounds. So, um, but yeah, they, they seem to have put him in the perfect role for for where he is right now in his career. And you 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 add on to that that they really don't have anybody on the outside anymore challenging for for targets. And he's just he's just gobbling them all up, man. It's um it's it's, yeah. it's really kind of amazing. I wish I had drafted more of him. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of us with Adam Thielen, we just saw him as a guy that could potentially be a target hog in Carolina, but it wouldn't be much of anything like kind of a lower tier Hunter Renfro from like three years back. But that man's getting touchdowns and yards too. But yeah, let's or keep doing moving, what man. like Mike Thomas is doing this year, something like that. But yeah, he he's doubling right. Him, so. Yeah. Right, right. But yeah, let's keep it moving. Um next segment we got up here is we back up or nah. Just kind of covering some guys that have either been some fantasy stalwarts or maybe had some expectations and didn't come through, but now they hooping, or at least they had a performance where they hooped. Uh, starting with a quarterback and his wide receiver as well, we got Dak Prescott, QB1 on the week, man. Uh, 272 passing yards with a touchdown and then had a rushing touchdown on 40 yards on seven attempts. Also, C.D. Lamb came in here with seven for 117 um, as well on on seven targets. So 
I guess the the whole Dallas offense, we can just talk about that. Um, any thoughts on that? Or is Dak back to being Dak, or was this just a matchup thing? Um, I think it could be a little of both. You know, they the thing about their opening schedule and the way things played out, it was just so damn weird. You know, they boat raced the Giants, um, boat raced the Jets, you know, so nothing was really required of him. Didn't step up to the plate against the Cowboys boat race the Patriots and then got molly by the 49ers. So I feel like as long as they can settle into playing like some quote unquote normal games, um, Dak has a chance to at the very least be better than what he was, you know, the, the, the first four or five weeks of, of the year. So I see better things in that regard. Now, do I see him competing um, for, you know, a top five quarterback finish on a weekly basis? Probably not, but um but I, I think he could be what you hoped for for him to be was like that kind of lower tier um, R, uh, QB one going forward. I, I think that can be in play for him again, so long as Cowboys games stop being so damn weird. As far as CD, um, as far as CD, they just got to remember to pass the man the damn ball. Um, but I, I think he'll be fine too. Like he's really the only thing close to explosive that they that they have um, at, at, at receiver at, at the moment, you know, unless Michael Gallup decides to catch a football or, um, or they start, you know, you know, brand, start incorporating Brandon cooks more, but yeah, to, CD should be fine too. Like he's, he's going to eat. I think you'll see him bounce back to that area, like kind of where you drafted him. Yeah. And to that point real quickly on Brandon cooks, like he was, he was functional in this game. Like stat wise, it wasn't anything, just pretty he did have the touchdown but um yeah he he was functional in this offense he he was a key to helping them move that ball um but yeah going back to Dak they're gonna have some quality opponents coming up so it may be some games here where he's gonna have to be actively involved in um you know being a deciding factor in them winning these games uh they have the Eagles and the Seahawks next month as well as the Rams um They'll have the Eagles again. They'll have the Bills and the Dolphins and Lions. I'm sorry, the Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, and Lions in December. So it's about to get real thick for that, man. If, oh, man. Yeah, I, I hadn't even looked forward like that far. Yeah, they're about to go They're about to go on um, like a similar run to what the Eagles are about to have to go through in their upcoming uh, six or so weeks. So. Yeah, it's, it's going to be make or break time for, for Dak. So I think at the very least, he should be out there, you know, not in like ridiculous lopsided game scripts on one side or another, um, you you would imagine anyway. Agreed. A couple running backs in this category as well. Alvin Kamara, RB10 on the week, 19 for 68 and 7 for 36. Um reception wise and yards wise so not really efficient there but hey that's 26 touches and then Ramondre got in the end zone here he had 10 attempts for 46 yards he also saw five catches for 24 yards uh start with Kamara for me Daryl he's pretty much been a top 15 back each of the weeks he's been there but it hasn't really been efficient um do you think these amount of touches will continue for him or will things be changing it's it really is kind of shocking to me that he's seeing these kind of touches because the Saints 
actually do have some good weapons. Um, and for, for, for your running back to be hogging like that much of the target share and all that, that seems a little odd. But Derek Carr on that Wu-Tang is just going to keep feeding him and feeding him and feeding him. <laughs> um, maybe this has something to do with Carr's um, shoulder injury. I, I think it's a shoulder that he was suffering with. And maybe if that shoulder gets more healthy I think so. or something, you know, they'll start pushing the ball a little more. And, and you know, the passing game can become a little more functional where – you know, they don't have to. I, I, I saw something the other day. Kamara's been back. This was his third game back, I want to say, or was it his second? Yeah, this is third. His third. Yeah. So he's only played three games. He's already top five in targets for running backs. So yeah. like this, <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't think it'll continue on this pace um, for him. But I think he's an in, in, integral part of this offense. So I think he's he'll be he'll stay in that, you know, um, he, I don't think he'll dip too much lower than a lower tier one, upper tier two kind of guy, like kind of, you know, that 11 to 15 range. I, I, I can definitely see that for him going forward. Yeah, I think a thing we have to remember as well is that Jamal Williams is on the IR, and I think he might be slated to come back in time for this game tonight. But, um, yeah, I would expect if Jamal Williams is here, he'll get some more of these carries. But I would still expect Kamara to, you know, at least be getting 15 to 15 plus touches a game, just depending on the script and whatnot. So, yeah, Kamara as a lower tier one, upper tier two, I think is very safe. And then with Ramondre, I didn't really have eyes on this game, but, you know, at least 15 touches here. Um, we that that's decent. That's pretty much in line of what he had been doing last season with um with Damian Harris there. I want to say this game, though, that Zeke kind of did play a little more uptick in snaps. Um, yeah. Or maybe it was more rushes or something like that. But, yeah, I think this is just kind of what this backfield is going to look like with Ramondre and Zeke. Yeah, I I think, yeah, there's going to be like a pretty decent split there, like a 55-45, 60-40 kind of deal. And you you have that, and then you couple it with just how terrible that offense is. Um, it's gonna. I think it'll continue to be hard to rely on Ramondre, but you're gonna be hard pressed to sit him, um, and hard pressed maybe to trade him away at a price you know that that, that you deem um, you know acceptable. So yeah, he's he's in kind of this in kind of this limbo. It's good to see that what he did this this past week, but. Um, to me, he's more of a okay. Let's 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 do let's see him do it again. You know, um, I'm I'm not sold. I'm not sold that he's back yet. I'll say that much. Right, right. I mean, without the the touchdown here, and I mean, we, you can play the what if game on that. The performance wouldn't have been anything spectacular, um, especially from a standard league standpoint. PPR, of course, yeah, five receptions for twenty four. We love that. So. Yeah, it's just more a wait to see on Ramondre. Um, I think I'm comfortable with putting him back in as a lower tier um, running back, too, for me. Wide receivers, Drake London, Michael Pittman, Wondell Robinson, name haven't said in a while here. Uh, all right, so starting with Drake London here, um, wide receivers, six on the week, nine for 125. And hey, shout outs to Desmond Ritter as well. 
he was QB six on the week. He had 307 passing yards with two touchdowns. Did throw three picks as well, but hey, this is fantasy. We don't care about those as much when you give us 307 and two. Thoughts on that ATL offense in this game? Yeah, so the whole thing about them, the whole big worry about them was where they going to open the offense up slash would they be put in games where they had to open the offense up given that their schedule was um, you know, thought to be so easy coming into the season and it appears that when they're pushed they are going to they are going to open it up. We've now seen it two weeks in a row. Um last week versus Houston, well, last week week 5 versus Houston and now this past week in week 6 um like it would have been unthinkable coming into the year 47 pass attempts for yeah. for Atlanta but <laughs> but here we are and um you know um i believe Janu got into either Janu or um no Kyle Pitts got into the end zone and Janu had a pretty good outing as well so um this might i don't i i, I don't know this this might be a thing that is going to keep happening with um with them you know i'm sure their preference will always be to run the ball and and to be that kind of team but as long as they're put in games where they got to pass the ball it looks like um it looks like ritter can support at least london and sometimes pitts and Jonu at the same time yeah i'm i'm slightly i'm slightly a little concerned with it or think it may be a little overhyped because, I mean, he did have good passing performances against uh, Houston last week and now this past week with Washington. And those are two defenses that has been relatively easy to move the ball on in the air. But if this is one of those situations where it was, hey, can Ritter take advantage of a defense where, you know, it you can it can be passed on? And he did that. So that's great to see just from future prospects. Um, next we got Michael Pittman wide receiver nine on the week. He was nine for not a thousand and ninety yards as I have it written on our sheet. It was actually nine <laughs> for one oh nine on 14 targets. Um, Michael Pittman season. Is it back here? Well, the thing coming into fantasy season was that Gardner Minshew would be better for the fantasy assets for the peripheral assets in that offense than Anthony Richardson would be um, just because, you know, Gardner Minshew doesn't have the athleticism to get out there and, you know, steal rushing attempts from um, from Jonathan Taylor and steal passing attempts by way of scrambling. So, you know, this, um, th- this is kind of bearing that out. I, I think that Michael Pittman, um, I can't see him on a weekly wide receiver one type of pace going, but I think he'll – you know he'll he'll be serviceable and he'll definitely be a step up than what he was last year. I think at the I think he'll be squarely within wide receiver three territory on a week to week basis with um with, with a decent amount of upside to Pierce uh, wide receiver two wide receiver one territory depending on how many times he can get into the end zone. Yeah, I think that's fair um, analysis there as far as wide receiver kind of two or three. Um, going forward. I mean, this was a game that Gardner Minshew threw 55 passes. Um, it was 
it was low scoring early and then just Jacksonville exploded in that second quarter and third quarter. So it just lended itself to Gardner throwing these amount of passes. And I think these kind of games will exist um, in particular with that defense there. So yeah, more of these days could possibly be ahead for Michael Pittman for sure. And then I just wanted to touch on Wandell Robinson um, putting together a wide receiver two performance here as wide receiver 23 on the week with um, Tyrod Taylor, eight for 62 on eight targets. Wandell, is he back in a circle of trust or nah? Um, I think it's kind of trending that way. Um, You know, yes, you can bring up the point that he did this with the backup quarterback, but you know, he, he he was getting kind of peppered um, a little bit last week when, um, you know, before Daniel Jones went out with injury. And I think one thing that's working in his favor is it seems as though, you know, his route share is going up and, you know, it's it's basically kind of solidified to him and Slayton and Hyatt being the main three wide receivers running routes. And they've they've scaled back. I, like, I don't think Paris Campbell ran a single route. Um, last game. So they, they've scaled back Paris Campbell and Isaiah Hodgins. Um, rest in peace to some of my best ball shares of, of Isaiah Hodgins. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think if it's going to be a, a situation where they stop with the whole wide receiver rotation, um, I think, I think he could certainly sneak into, you know, if you, if you're telling me he's on a weekend week out basis, he's going to get 80, 85, 90% route participation. I think he can sneak his way into like solid flex territory at, at least with, with, uh, with, with some upside. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Jalen high was out there as well. Um, I think you mentioned that um, it was mainly him, Wandell and Slayton out there. So yeah, these days could be out there for this man. And then finally, at the tight end spot, um, we had, excuse me, we had Taysom Hill, man. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of this had to do with, with Jawan Johnson being out, but Taysom Hill has seven receptions for 49 yards. Um, this was good for tight end six on the week. And then Trey McBride had a, um, had a decent little day here. He had four for 62. Um any thoughts on these guys? Is it Trey McBride season in Arizona? Right. So with Taysom, you'll just never know when you when you should start him. Like he could he could always pop off or something like this or run into um goal line touchdowns or whatever. You just never know when it's gonna happen. So I can't really even invest too much in that. With Trey McBride, you would think the thing for Arizona to do is get that boy reps and see if he is going to be something instead of, you know, instead of the way they were doing with Ertz to start the year, like basically the season's over, like already see what Trey McBride has. I don't necessarily know that they're going to do that though. So um, I'm not, I'm not buying in on Trey McBride at at the moment. I may be doing so to my detriment, but um, (laughs) I'm, I'm just not sure how things are going to shake out for him usage wise. And it's like, if he's on my waiver wire or something like that, maybe maybe I invest a bench spot in him, but I'm not going, I'm I'm not gonna make moves to 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 try to get him. You know, not, nothing significant. I mean. Fair enough. Final thing on the wrap-up, we're gonna mention kind of the bad side of fantasy and just football in general is injuries. 
we had Justin Fields, Kyron Williams, and Christian McCaffrey um, all suffer some injuries here. Looks like Fields and Kyron will be out for at least a week or some weeks here. Um, CMC, do you know an update on his regarding, I think, the oblique? Yeah, it's, so the last I heard is, you know, it's, um, it's an oblique and maybe a rib injury um, to go in with that. I haven't heard anything definitive today. This is all talk as of yesterday, um, Wednesday. Um, there is talk that he may actually play this week. And it's, ah. you know, it's kind of a it's kind of a not great situation because it's they, they play on Monday night. So, you know, if you have already invested a lot of fab in, you know, either picking up Elijah Mitchell or Jordan Mason, then that could end up being a waste or, you know, maybe not a waste. Well, no, yeah, a waste. Um, because if CFC does play, it's going to make that stuff even muddier. Like it's already going to be muddy between Mason and Elijah Mitchell. If, if, if CMC is out, if CMC is in, it's going to make it even muddier and you will have spent that bad for nothing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, my thing I'll discuss with Justin Fields, man, shed a tear for DJ Moore. Like, again, the, the QB struggles continue here for this man. Uh, we'll have Tyler, is it Bagents in as the quarterback here, more than likely Bajent. for this week? Bagents. Um, yeah, that, that'll that be interesting to see how that goes with, with them going up against the Raiders. But, you know, pour one out for DJ Moore, man. It looks like it's another struggle here. Yeah, DJ Moore had that um, that opposite of the Godfather 3 quote where he's like, every time I think I'm in, they pull me back out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he, just can't, he just can't catch a break, man. He can't. He can't. And then Zach Evans is maybe looking like the guy that will be the starter for the Rams. You have any thoughts on what he may do this week? Um, I mean, you just you don't know. Like on one hand, you have that McVay is the type who, you know, traditionally he's like to have his one guy be his guy. But right. then there's been all this movement behind the scenes with bringing up Royce Freeman from the scout team, acquiring Miles Gaskin, um, re-signing um, Dar- Darrell Henderson. Um, from the wilderness, so you know it's the, it could just those could just be depth like moves ju- just for depth, and Zach Evans is going to get his shot this game, or you know maybe he could be willing to go back to a committee kind of like he did um, when he was going back and forth between Acres and Darrell Henderson um, was that either last year or maybe the year before, so um, it's 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 really. Hard to know. And, you know, if we had had our waiver show, I would have been saying, yeah, it's hard to know how much money to throw fab wise behind um, Zach Evans. You know, it's one of those situations in fantasy where you just got to roll the dice, stake a claim. And if the gamble pays off, then you just kind of bought yourself a guy who's going to be starting, you know, playing a lion's share of minutes for, you know, what the three weeks or so that um, Kyron is rumored to be out. Um, But it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's unclear, man. It's, it's very murky over there in that um, Rams backfield. 
It is. It is. Well, that'll that'll do it for the wrap up. Uh, kind of a quick one for us this week, but we'll dive into the week seven previews. We got three juicy matchups that we want to address with you guys. The first matchup. Let's not waste time. Let's get into it. We got Detroit at five and one, going to Baltimore, who is four and two. Baltimore per our sheet is a three point favorite. The over under is forty two. Talk to me about those five and one lines, my man. I mean, who would have thought? Who would have <laughs> thought? Man, there's, they've been they they've they've looked really really good, and you know they come off a. Um, they they win in Kansas City. Granted, Kelsey didn't play. They go and they just won in Tampa. And people said, I might have been one of them, that golf can't play outside. And golf went and played on a perfect weather day, though, in Tampa. But nevertheless, it was outside. And that man went out and did work. Um, I think this week is not looking – it's not looking great for old Jared, though. Um, so through these first six weeks – through these first six weeks – the man has three top five finishes. Like he's he, he he's been putting up numbers. Like this, you know, this has been kind of um for however much you could say sustained given six weeks. This has been kind of sustained QB excellence for him uh, over the first six weeks. But you know, this th- this matchup does not look good. They're going to Baltimore per the 33rds numbers. Baltimore is the stingiest defense in fantasy versus quarterbacks only giving up 10.6 points per game on other sites. It's a little bit different, but basically Baltimore is given they're like in the bottom three or the top three, as far as fewest points given up, like they don't give up points to the quarterback. They haven't been doing it. So that's not looking good. And then um, as of, as of now, there's looking like there could be a weather situation going on in Baltimore with winds getting up to 25, 30 miles an hour. That's not great. Uh, Montgomery, David Montgomery is going to be out. Um, Jameer Gibbs and Sam Laporta have been limited this week in practice. Laporta is expected to play. Um, Gibbs, you know, has missed the past two weeks, but he's yet to get in a full practice since he's been back. So he is up in the air although they say things are trending the right, the right way for him. So, you know, even if we assume those guys are going to play, um, you know, they've still got their injury situations to deal with. And then it's just likely going to be a slog for this offense having to deal with Baltimore in Baltimore. Like, I can't see them ripping up the the Ravens the way they have been doing to so many other defenses this year. So, you know, it's the bye week and – it's kind of hard to just go out and pluck somebody off the wire right now. So I can't blame anybody for sticking with golf, um, but I'm not expecting great things. I pers- I personally think that lower tier QB one is his ceiling this week. Like I, I, I can't see this man getting another top five finish this week at lower tier QB one. That's okay. That's where you drafted golf for. But like, if you've gotten used to these top five finishes from him, I'm just not seeing that this week. Um, I'd, I'd maybe even lean towards a streamer if somebody like Geno Stafford or I'm about to say it, Jordan Love is out there. Um, I might I, I might go that way. Um, for the running backs, you know, let's go ahead and assume that um, I was about to call him Freddie Gibbs, that, that Jameer Gibbs is going to play. 
Um, and Craig Reynolds is also dealing with an injury. He's yet to get in a full practice, but let's um, let, let's assume that they're going to play. You know, this is going to like playing either one of them. I think is going to be a volume play because Detroit. Um, you know, we we have these visions of Amon Rock catching a bunch of passes, Laporta and whatnot, but they're also a very run heavy offense. You know, they get up to the mid to high twenties in rushing attempts. You know, on a per game basis so you know there could be a volume play there to be had maybe one guy falls into the end zone baltimore hasn't given up too too much through the air to running backs um at, at least I, I think that's what i wrote down um so you know baltimore's just kind of mid middle of the pack versus running back so not a smash not a smash spot not um not, not a lock them down spot either so um you know you could you could what the heck flex either of these guys i wouldn't play either of them expecting a smash out of them though um and to the pass catchers you know sun god you're 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 rolling this man you're rolling this man out there you know baltimore is again they're not great they're not terrible towards wide receivers either but you know you're not seeing too many guys with the usage that amara is getting um so you know you're you're playing him and I, I expect him to, you know, at the worst, be like a upper tier two to a um, lower tier one, and that's, this is a guy who's always live to be the wide receiver one on on the week. So I got no fear with him. Um, Laporta, though, oh man, Baltimore is stingy to tight ends, like just like absolutely stingy. You know, the usage says you got to play Laporta, but um, you know you you you. You can't you can't sit him, but Baltimore, you can't be surprised if that man doesn't do um, big things this week. You know, you look at what he did last week. He had four catches on eleven targets. Could that could could the lack of you know could could that poor efficiency have had something to do with the fact that he was playing with a bum calf? If it did have something to do with that, and now he's about to go play against Baltimore and how they do tight ends, it's like oh. Uh, Man, but you know you're not moving away from him, but just don't expect big things. Um, and as far as the only two other viable, to my mind, the only two other viable pass catchers there, uh, Jamison Williams and Josh Reynolds. I think either of them could be like kind of what the heck flexes for different reasons. You know, Reynolds, he's out there, he gets routes, he's like eighty percent plus in routes and. Goff is not afraid to throw the ball to him. Um, but, you know, the, his proportion of the route is going to vacillate from week to week. So he's not steady. JMO, low routes, but he has a high targets per route run in his, um, you know, like, you know, especially looking at, at last week. And he has that kind of boom bust potential to him as well. So I'm not in love with playing either of them, but. Again, six teams on by. You might find yourself where you have to, and playing either one of them is not totally hateful to me. I don't love it though. <laughs> yeah, my main highlight on this game is kind of the running back room for Detroit. Um, like you mentioned, the excuse me, the Ravens against the run, they're kind of middle of the pack from the fantasy perspective. But I do think it's an opportunity for one of these two guys to have themselves at least a decent little game, maybe like RB 
upper tier RB2 type of game. It's just going to be how is this going to be split up and done, um, especially considering if Craig Reynolds will be available. So that's where my eyes will be um, on this game. But overall, yeah, I'm probably looking to stream um, if I have Jared, if I have Jared Goff, um, if, it, if it's possible. But I know we have six teams that are on by. But yeah, I'm looking to probably stream. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that stream, you know, keep him on your roster, but stream away from him type of thing. You, 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 yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm totally on board with that. Um, So on to Baltimore. Um, For Lamar, Detroit's – well, first of all, for Lamar, you just you just say it. You're playing the dude. Um, D- D- Detroit's not a scary matchup versus quarterbacks. And Lamar's been playing – Lamar's been playing well – this year, he needs his guys to catch the ball. You know, if that had happened, um, not not this past week, but the week before, you know, when um, when his guys recorded seven drops in one game, um, his numbers would be looking a lot healthier than they do right now, and they still don't look terrible right now. So, um, I'm 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 good. I'm I'm very good with with, with Lamar Jackson. I'm not, you know, you, you don't have to say too much about the dude. He has his rushing floor. Um, to go with, you know, if the passing game can pop off, then he's always in play for the quarterback one on the week. Um, as far as the running backs, if you have to play one, it's Gus. I, I believe, you know, I think he's he's been getting most of the work on the ground. Like he was, you know, out there for 61% of the snaps this past week. I know it's Baltimore, so that can vacillate from week to week. And it's hard to really pin um, pin the playing time of those guys down. But um, I think it's I think it's Gus if you have to go with one of the running backs and you're hoping he gets into the end zone. Um, but it's not my it's not my favorite play. It's a it's a you know it's 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 the bye week time and sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. Um, and so I don't think he's a terrible play if you're in that situation. As for the receivers, I think the only one that's playable man is Zay Flowers at the at, at the moment, and I think um, I think he could have a very a very good to great game um, this week. You know, rookie wide receiver getting more and more experience. Um, Detroit can be gotten at through the slot. Um, so I think that I think that Zay Flowers is is a perfectly fine like um, you know if if I have to lowball it, um, wide receiver two, wide receiver three type of type of play and. Um, with the kind of usage that we've seen him pop up with from time to time, particularly thinking back to week one, um, he's always in play to pop on this offense. I'm not touching Odell. I'm not touching. Um, I'm not touching Duvernay. I'm not touching Aguilar or uh, Rashad Bateman. Um, so disappointing. Um, so yeah, for me, it's Zay Flowers or nothing as far as receivers go. And Mark Andrews is an auto start this week, like true tight end. One on the week potential. Detroit has given up the fifth most points per game to the tight end spot. These are the games that you drafted, um, or these are the spots that you drafted um, tight ends like Andrews for, like very high in in your drafts. Like this is a week where you know you need him to come through for you, and he's set up to do so. And it would truly be a disappointment if he doesn't like absolutely go off in this game. Yeah, that wide receiver room has been so disappointing there in Baltimore. Now, granted, they're dealing 
with injuries, but like Nelson Aguilar is playing more percentage of the snaps than like Odell Beckham and Rashad Bateman. And that definitely was not on my bingo card at all for that to happen. But um, yeah, shout outs again to Zay Flowers. Um, I say you obviously put this man in your lineup, just some of his peripheral stats, 27% target share, has 30% of the air yard share, and 1.84 yards per route run. Pretty solid there. Um, I think that number will get up by the end of the season, close to two yards per, per route run as he gets more experience here and even more comfortable with Lamar. Yeah. All right. So we wrapped up the Lions-Ravens matchup. Now let's turn our attention to the Chargers coming off coming off a very chargerific loss this past week are <laughs> going to Kansas. <laughs> They're going to Kansas City to face uh to face Patrick <laughs> Mahomes and Dim Boys. Um let's see, Casey is favored by five and a half at home in this game with the over under set at um one of the highest on the week at 48.5. Um, so yeah, yep. at, at the very least, um, Vegas is expecting a good fantasy, um, a good fantasy type of, uh, environment. So let's turn our attention there. What you got on the chargers, my man. Sure. Sure. So the chargers come in this game. They are two and three. KC is five and one. My fault on slacking on not getting that charger record updated, but it's kind of it's kind of quick and easy with these guys, what you're doing fantasy-wise. Uh, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, and Keenan Allen, they're going to be in your lineups, starting with Herbert. He's QB7 on the year. Um, been very solid under pressure, has the eighth-best EPA per play under pressure, and the third-best QB rating at 84.8. Kansas City, as it relates to fantasy points given up to the position, they give up the six least points. But that shouldn't stop you from starting Justin Herbert. One, you drafted him early for this. And number two, he's had success against this team. Um, QB nine in both meetings last year. And you have to remember his first game ever was against this team and he had a solid performance. So he's in my lineup. I view him comfortably as a QB one. Uh, Austin Eckler, um, he gets back here on the field. He had 18 touches against the Cowboys, uh, the, the yardage wasn't anything great, but it's 18 touches and it's Austin Eckler. Um, there has been success against this, excuse me, against this Kansas City defense when it comes with rushing. Uh, they have the eighth highest explosive run rate and the 12th highest yards after contact per attempt. So there, this could be a decent spot for Austin Eckler. Um there's probably more to dive into there um, rushing wise, you know, if it's kind of zone run success versus other man to man blocking, if you will, but then dive into that. Either way, I expect Austin Eckler to have a good performance here. He's in as an RB one type. Keenan Allen's also in here as a wide receiver one type. He's wide receiver two on the season, 30% target share. Um, as it relates to man coverage, the Chiefs are seventh in that metric. And all Keelan, Keenan Allen does against man is get 3.11 yards per route run. So this could be a solid. 
a solid, solid game for this man. Now your other pieces, wide receivers, Josh Palmer, Quentin Johnson. I think with QJ, you're still just stashing him, not playing him in this matchup. Josh Palmer, I think it's interesting what he's done since Mike Will has been out the two games, 24% target share, two yards per route run, and a 38% air yard share, which leads the team. I think he's comfortable enough to put in your lineup, especially considering we got six teams on by. And then finally, with Gerald Everett, he's averaging about 51% of the routes run. Uh, He's in streamer territory. He finally scored a touchdown last week. But he's not a comfortable streamer for me um, in this matchup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you you said everything about the top end guys, um, Herbert, Eckler, and Keenan. So yeah, no need to rehash that. I am right there with you on um, on on Josh Palmer as you know, totally you know, given the situation, the backdrop of this particular week in the fantasy season. Yeah, I, I think I think you could. You know, you, you could comfortably flex him. You know, you're it's it's no, nothing is for certain, but it's a it's very much a calculated risk that you know they could be right. in a position to where um you know it could just be volume, volume, volume with the passing game, um with given the way that you know this game could unfold. So yeah, I'm fine with playing him. And yeah, QJ, yeah, he still is not ready to touch lineups yet. Um Man, such a disappointment. The only thing I'll say about him is that, all right, yes, it was disappointing that nothing, you know, like he didn't flourish or didn't show any sign of spark in this game against Dallas. But we got to remember that Dallas is a damn good defense, right? So right, right. Um, I'm, not, I'm not making excuses for Quentin Johnson. He has not given us anything to hang our hats on quite yet. But, um, you know, he let's see him bomb against some soft offenses. And then it's okay. Then I'm like, okay, I'm totally off that hype train. And, oh, shoot, excuse me. In deeper leagues, I am trying to keep him. But I do understand if the bye weeks have you in a position where you feel like you have to drop him. Um, and yeah, man, it would be, I think this would be a pretty, a pretty decent matchup for. Gerald Everett, if he were holding down that um, tight end position to himself, but with him and Parham, you know, basically splitting that, it's yeah, there's just no, there's just no way to comfortably put him into your lineup and be like, yeah, I'm set. Nope, not at all. The other team in this matchup, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs coming in at five and one. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. They're in your lineup. Um, overall, Patrick Mahomes isn't having a bad season, but from a fantasy perspective, you know, he's not giving you the exact goods that you like um, 100%, if you will. I mean, granted, he is fifth in, in passing touchdowns at 11. He's still only, I believe, QB5 um, on the season. And, you know, there's plenty of time, or QB4, but he, there's plenty of time for him to improve on that. But, you know, it, it hasn't been just Patrick Mahomes lights out. And a lot of that just has to do with what he's shown us. Like, we expect so much. So, um, either way, you're starting him in this matchup. Um, 
QBs are averaging 22.3 fantasy points against, I almost said the Clippers because I had LAC written here, but against the Chargers, um, that's the highest amount um, given up uh, to quarterbacks. So he's in here. This should be a very boom performance for him. Now with Travis Kelsey, when it comes to the Chargers, uh, they, they give up the ninth least points um, fantasy-wise at 8.3. But, I mean, it's Travis Kelsey. Number one, he's going to be in your lineup. And number two, he kind of lines up everywhere. So he's basically another wide receiver. I kind of expect the, a smash spot for both of these guys here. Um, the rest of it is just looking at the rest of the pieces. What are we going to do, right? So looking first at Isaiah Pacheco, um, the Chargers have given up the seventh most points um, to the running back position. And a lot of it has to do more so with the passing route. Uh, they have, they've seen the most targets and they're, and they're giving up nine yards per reception, which is pretty high as well. Um, to that point, Isaiah Pacheco has seen a 20%, 23% target per route run. Not something you really expected probably coming into the season, but that, that man's out there. He's RB13 overall on the season and has, counting quickly here, four finishes within the top 15. So they're they're giving this man touches. They're looking his way. I think you comfortably start him. He's probably a lower-tier RB1 start this week. Now the rest of the team – could a wide receiver show naked ass here? Um, we talked about the quarterback success um, here uh, with the points at 22.3. And these points have to go to somebody. And so my answer is no. I would not be starting any of these guys. <laughs> but um, I'm still keeping my eyes on Rasheed Rice. Um, he saw 13% target share uh, last week. He still isn't playing a whole lot of the routes um, to the level that you would want for somebody you're starting, but he is a rookie, and I'm still looking his way um, as far as for the future. He might be a guy later towards the season that might emerge. Um, other than that, these guys are pretty much doing what we've been expecting or what we've seen since week one. MVS is running the wind sprints. Sky Moore is out there but not really getting a target share. Kadarius Tony is out there 30, 40 percent of the routes and has a high target per route run, but not much being done with that. So it's kind of a meh position, and I wouldn't be starting any of these guys. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you on on a lot of that. Kelsey, no brainer, Mahomes, no brainer, Pacheco, no brainer. And he's been getting more work in in, in the passing game, um, as you mentioned, which, you know, that was the other domino that we needed to see fall for him as compared to last year. And so they're showing more trust in him. So, yeah, he has he's moved into, you know, set it and forget it territory. You know, a, a guy who could be a lower tier one, upper tier two um, every week. And if he, you know, if he has a little touchdown luck fall his way, um it wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world to see him finish as the RB one on the week. So yeah, what a, what a step forward he has made as a fantasy asset. Um, Yeah. As far as those receivers go, it's just, man, it's just so, so impossible. Like as you mentioned, 
my preference is for no as well. It's a definite no for me on MVS. I guess it's just a, a definite no. If I'm hard up, you know, I'm going Rasheed Rice um, just because his usage has looked the most promising, I, I guess. I would say his route share is not anywhere near elite or what you'd like it to be, but his usage when he is out there, and he gets a lot of red zone usage as well. So that's something that maybe you could squint your eyes and say, and you know, maybe find a little bit of positivity there, but it's certainly nothing you can hang your hat on. Um, I would, I would want to look elsewhere, but the bye weeks come for us all and you may be forced into that corner. And so you, you could definitely do worse as far as being able to tell yourself a story about somebody to plug in as a, what the heck flex. Absolutely. All right. Last matchup we got probably the juiciest matchup um, of the week. Fantasy wise and real life football wise, we got the Miami Dolphins traveling to the Philadelphia Eagles. Both of these teams come in at five and one. Philly is a two and a half point favorite. The over under a juicy 52 points. Talk to me about them Dolphins, man. Yeah, so here's the deal, right? This is not last year's Philly defense, especially as regards the past. So, like, I'm, you know, I'm, I should mention I'm leading off talking about Tua. I feel very comfortable starting Tua in 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 this game. You know, not like you were gonna maybe go away from him or anything like that. But as far as when you put him in your lineup and how you feel about it, I feel great about it. This man is averaging over 300 yards um, a, a game passing. His his ADOT is great. His yards per attempt is great. And the Philly defense is not really holding quarterbacks down like that, like that much. You know, they're not they're not a light touch or anything like that, but they're not they're not putting quarterbacks in the gulag um, by, by any stretch. So I feel I feel really good about rolling with Tua out there. And I wouldn't be shocked at all if this man goes out there and just absolutely balls. On, on on the Eagles. Like, this would have been an unthinkable thing to say um, last year. But, uh, but yeah, I've, I'm have i with it, man. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm bought in on Tua from just from what he's done, you know, holding it up by itself. And then even when you mix in what the Philly defense is or isn't capable of, I am still there with Tua. Uh, moving, to, moving to the running backs, as of what I know right now, I'm not sure if they plan to play. Jeff Wilson, ha- have you heard anything of- about that? I haven't seen anything on it, but I can see if I see something while you while you continue. Okay. Well, yeah. As of you know, when we, by the time we went to air, I've always wanted to say that I hadn't heard anything <laughs> about it, but um, you know. Philly, Philly has been, they have been stingy against the run. Like this is, this is one thing that they do. They, they they do shut you up in the run game, but you just can't go away from what you've seen Raheem Mostert doing because I believe he has a lot of outs right now. Uh, You know, the number one out being this offense can get him down to goal line situations and they've gone to him in those situations to to get him touchdowns. 
he has touchdown upside just from the fact that this offense is so good. And if for some, by some way, somehow Tyreek goes down at the one or two or three, instead of in the actual end zone, um, uh, Raheem Mostert is, is there to put that away. So like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all the way there. I'm all the way in on him. You know, do I expect him to smash? I would say probably not, but would I be surprised if he did? No, no. Because again, like I said, that offense just has so, so many, so many ways to help him get points. And the wide receivers. Um, I like Tua in the game. I love Tyreek Hill in the game. I've, I have I don't know, man. I just don't see... <laughs> I don't see any way to not feel good about playing this guy, even even you know even if it's Philadelphia in Philly. I don't see a way to not feel good about playing him. I feel good about playing Waddle as well. Waddle's good enough on his own. Maybe someday somebody's going to pay enough attention to Tyreek Hill so that Waddle can have the Tyreek Hill day. Maybe maybe it's this <laughs> game, but I don't think Philly has enough to keep both of them down and with what you've seen from Waddle, you know, lately these past couple of weeks, like they've really been intentional about getting him the ball. So, you know, I've I, I think he has he has potential to have a spike week here just as much. Well maybe not just as much as Tyreek, but you know he 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 has spike week potential on his own as well. Um that's pretty much all you really have to talk about on the Miami side of things, right? Because I'm not looking, I'm not really looking anywhere else. Like I'm not looking at Durham Smythe or um, Braxton Berrios. Eh, no, not so much. Um, yeah, it's the it, it's that big four though. Tyreek Tua, um, Raheem and Waddle. I'm, I'm playing them business as usual. Yeah, and that, that's pretty much the right cause there, easy enough. Only thing I'll add, I did see a tweet here that Jeff Wilson was a full participant in practice today, so I fully expect him to be uh, in that uh, running back room mix. So he's going. Okay. So how does that affect things in my head? Um, oh, you know what? That's making me recall. I think I did see something today about a quote from Mike McDaniel where he says that Jeff Wilson brings physicality to the running back room. You can maybe interpret that to mean like he's going to be the goal line back and and whatnot. But again, I just fall back to the fact that you can't look at the stuff that Mostert was able to do. I mean, and Mostert was still producing when Achan was out there. Like Achan was yeah. certainly outshining him, but Mostert was still was still holding his own in in those um in that you know star streaking across the star star streaking across the sky at night that Devon Achan was for those few games. So, you know, until all three of them are back or until, you know, until we see what goes down in this game. And this doesn't even seem like the power run type of game. Like that Philly defensive line is ridiculous. This doesn't seem mm -hmm. like the game where you want to be going between the tackles using Jeff Wilson, who just came back off an injury and hasn't played an NFL game this year. Um, it, it would seem that way, but okay. Anyway, all that to say, I'm still sticking with with Mostert. 
Wilson, I'm certainly rostering him. I'm feeling a little skittish about putting him in my lineup, though, um, just because he hasn't played in a while. You look at what he does and how you think they may use him. I just I, I just don't know yet. I'm looking for a different option. Um, okay. So I'll turn the page over to Philadelphia. You know, you're you're never you're never sitting. Jalen Hurts, you know, he hasn't from a from a real NFL quarterback perspective. He's been kind of eh this year, but from a fantasy perspective, he's 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 been just fine. You know those those touch push touchdowns, and you know he's had a couple of games where he where he's run efficiently. You know he just has um, he just has so many ways to put fantasy points on the board. You're always playing him. As far as what to expect from him, you know, hey, this guy always has QB one on the week in his bag. The Miami defense is, they're not something to fear in fantasy as far as um, holding down quarterbacks goes. Um, you know, they're, they've, they, they're just kind of okay. They're, they're, they're okay. They're, they're middle of the road there. So, you know, I fire, I fire him up and hopefully, you know, you could hope that it gets, um, th- there's a way that this game gets into shootout territory where, you know, um, I was going to say fields where Hertz is just having to throw the ball way more than what Philly normally um, likes to do. Because as far as a pass attempts per game kind of thing goes, they're not normally, um, you know, they're they're, they're kind of run past balance, if, if you will. Um, but Miami has a way about them of opening the game up and making you have to come out of your show. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm fully on board with uh with with Mr. Hertz. As far as the running backs go, you know, it's not is running backs haven't fared like the greatest versus Miami, especially when it comes to the receiving aspect of things. But from a rushing aspect, hey, there's there the there should be something there should be something there for for DeAndre Swift. You know, he's kind of he's he's taken over what I think is the like important work in that backfield. Like when the game is, is on the line kind of thing. Like I I think the coaches have this thing in mind where like, they know he's the guy that needs to be in there. He's the more explosive guy between him and Gainwell. And honestly, with the way Gainwell is playing, like they should give Rashad Penny a look, but I'm not an NFL coach. So I don't, I can't really speak too, too much to that, but you know, I'm putting, I'm putting I'm putting DeAndre Swift in my lineup. I'm not necessarily expecting um I'm not expecting a high RB1 performance, but you know, that guy is so explosive and so, you know, he can hurt you in so many ways. It's certainly not out of the realm of 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 possibility because again, Miami Miami's not totally to be feared as far as holding running backs back, but he may not put up the kind of um, he and Gainwell may not put up the kind of receiving production that you're that that you're normally accustomed to from them in this uh, in this game. Uh, to the receiver room, oh boy, AJ Brown, you stay with him, you stay rocking with him. He's that dude, you know. He 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 is completely that dude. And as far as you know, the way Miami is against receivers number one they're not that fearsome um they're, they're not that fearsome either 
you know, they're they're kind of middle of the pack, maybe a little bit better um, middle of the pack as far as what they give up to the wide receiver position. And you also have the fact that, again, like I said, they can cause offenses to have to open up. And A.J. Brown has just been eaten so, so, so very much lately that there's just not there, there's just not any way you have any kind of fear of playing this man. And this could very well be, you know, I was going to say it could very well be spike week potential for him. But it's like, if you look at the last two weeks, if you're not calling those spike weeks, then like, oh, uh, I, I don't even know what you could call this. Like, but yeah, this man could easily get, what, is he, what has he been like over 125 yards for the last two games, maybe three in a row. So yeah, you, you you're staying with him. Devonte, he's the one that's kind of, you know, could this be his time? Yeah, it very well. It very well could be his time because again, game script could force it, could force it out of there. It just depends on which team gets the upper hand early in the game. Game script could force it there, or he could be the one that helps to get the Philadelphia positive game script going. He, you know, he he wasn't, he didn't have the greatest week last year, but. He left some meat on the bone. I, I believe um, there was like a drop on a long, on a long reception that he could have had that would have severely bolstered his day, and we'd be looking at him in a different light this week. So yeah, I'm I'm staying with them, and you know you gotta you gotta stay with the man. Um, you, you, you just gotta stay with Goddard as well. Um, he's you know the usage, the usage in the tight end position is just too, it's just too premium to ever, to ever sit, you know, and Miami, Miami's a pretty decent matchup. Miami's a pretty okay matchup for tight ends. So, you know, even though Goddard hasn't been eating, eating the way he was last year, um, again, you just try to get your chips in the middle in a game like this. And I think he's certainly one that you, that you want to put into your lineup and hopefully it'll be his day. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I'm mainly I'm mainly looking at Dallas Goddard in this matchup. Like I'm hoping that we can, you know, continue to see the excellence that we've seen the past couple games here. Um, rest of these guys are are in there. I think we've I've talked about previously better days will be ahead for Devonta. Um this might be one of those matchups, but we shall see. I think you covered everything well there. Let's go ahead and dress it up and make it real for me. Whatever that means. (laughs) All right. This is a segment where we pick a game on the week. And maybe it doesn't look too appetizing to us from a fantasy standpoint or real life standpoint. And this one to me is one of those. And what we do here, I put them. I put a minute on the clock <laughs> and I asked Daryl to convince me and the good people on things to look out for in this game from any aspect, fantasy or real life. The game at hand, the Las Vegas Raiders at three and three traveling to the Chicago Bears at one and five Vegas, a three point favorite, the over under a juicy. OK, I lied. Over unders at thirty seven and a half. That's not juicy at all. Daryl, the minute is on the clock. And go. This is an evil ask, but I'll do my best. We're going to have two backup quarterbacks playing. Jimmy G is going to be out. 
Justin Fields is going to be out. It's going to be interesting to see if Tyler Bajan, I think his name is Tyler, or Tyson Bajan goes out and plays well. It's going to be real interesting to see what happens after that as far as fans, media, and whatnot are calling for it to happen to Justin Fields going forward. It's going to be interesting to see what happens as far as Justin Fields maybe potentially rushing himself back. On the Las Vegas side of things, um, their backup quarterback situation, and forget about that. But Devontae Adams did a squeaky wheel this week who and more or less said, y'all want this offense to hum, y'all need to give me the ball more. So it'll be interesting to see if that actually comes to pass because he's not wrong, but also Josh McDaniels is a donkey. So it'll be interesting to see like what how, how that how, how that kind of plays out. If this man doesn't get the ball, if things do go poorly time, for him, he time, might get vocal time, about calling time, for a trade. Time, so, time, yeah. time. It's an A-plus regardless. The fact that you even decided to give us a minute of content here, I'm giving you an A-plus. You could have easily just said, well, I'm not doing this. And I would have been, all right, that's fine. See, But you actually gave content for the good people <laughs> on this stinky matchup with two backup quarterbacks. I love it, man. A-plus for you. Well done. Two A-pluses or two A's in back-to-back weeks. Keep them coming, my boy. Ain't no quit over here. <laughs> All right, man. Let's get into our next segment. I can do that. It's basically a buy or sell segment for us. Shout out to Lil Flip, one of the Ace Town rapping legends. Um, we'll recap last week. Daryl went one and two. I went three and zero. Oh. Gang, gang to me. First one was, will C.J. Stroud finish as a QB1 against the Saints? He did that, but barely (laughs) finished as QB12 exactly on the mark. Daryl said he can't. Oh, man, I thought we were doing 10-man leagues. (laughs) Nah, man, you know we do 12, son. Come on, son. You can't get away with that. (laughs) Um, Any thoughts on that one? You know, I, I I believe I said last week that I hoped I was wrong on this, and I hope that you were right. So, like, there was an emotional yeah, hedge there. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> shout shout out to shout out to CJ man. Continues to look good. Has to be the favorite for rookie of the year so far. Um, yeah, I he barely squeaked in there, but you know what? Maybe he barely squeaks us into the playoffs. Mm, maybe I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, this one, he – well, first of all, he threw his first interception um, of his career. Hated to see that. But um, to me, he looked he looked good that first half. They kind of, It seemed like they kind of reduced things in the second half for him or reduced things about the game. Um, I felt like there was more meat on the bone for him. But, like, late when they were driving, like, when they probably should have been running the ball, like, help, you know, having New Orleans use their timeouts and stuff – they were actually like trying to let CJ make some plays to get the first down, which I found interesting. But hey, QB twelve, he made it. We love it. Shout out to CJ. Yes, sir. All right, next one was: Will Jordan Addison finish as a top twenty wide receiver this week against the Bears? He ain't do that. He finishes wide receiver thirty two. 
three for 28 with a touchdown on five targets. Now, Daryl did say he could do that, but he did note that the offense may not move as well with Jay Jettis being there. So he did kind of call that one because that Minnesota deep, our offense was kind of, uh. and I said he can't, and I know that he would finish as an upper tier wide receiver three. I was somewhat close with him being wide receiver 32. Thoughts on that one? Yeah, I just find it unbelievable that he only got five targets. You know, like that. Um, yeah. I, w- I was thinking it was going to be at least eight or nine or something like that. So, you know, that that, that kind of shocked me. I suppose I just didn't have the right read or whatever on, on that. Um, maybe, you know, going forward, that, that gets up to put – I was, you know, that touchdown really, really saved his day um, as far as fantasy goes, because like otherwise that would have been a really, really disappointing um, outing for for him. But yeah, that was that was an underperformance the way like to, to my expectations. And I don't I don't necessarily think it was his fault. You know, five targets. you got to scheme some more stuff up for this man, man. That's that, that's crazy talk with Justin out. Right, right. And you think they would have schemed something up more there with, you know, your guy out. But, hey, they did not. Um, Hashtag not a baseball pod, but the Arizona Diamondbacks just walked it off against the Phillies. They're now down two to one. I'm only saying this because I had Arizona on the money line. Shout outs to me. The next one, Desmond Ritter. (laughs) 202 and a half passing yards. Daryl with the late end slip on that one. We both said he could do that. And this was easy money. He did that. 307 yards, as we mentioned. Any additional thoughts on Mr. Ritter? Um, no, we covered him pretty decently earlier, earlier on. Um, I gotta say, I wasn't expecting 307 yards. Like that was Right. That, that was something else. <laughs> but um, but but yeah, this hopefully this signals like a turning of the corner for that offense, because I I think they could do a thing where everybody can eat a little bit, you know, between Bijan, um, Pitts, London and the occasional um, Tyler Algier meal. I, I, I they have a thing where everybody can eat if as long as they, you know, basically it comes down to Ritter being able to do his job like decently. And so, you know, hopefully this is a sign going forward. Hopefully so. Well, we got three more of these uh, this week. The numbers are pulled from prize picks. I decided to do more prop things because we have six bye weeks. And so finishing as a wide receiver one or finishing in within a wide receiver two, it's, it's a lot easier. So I felt yards would be better. But let's get through these. Marquise Brown, wide receiver for the Cardinals. Will he have over 56 and a half receiving yards against the Seattle Seahawks? What say you? It feels like he should because this man is seeing ridiculous targets per game. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the the Seattle like pass defense is just kind of, eh, you know, they um, – I, I, I don't think they're too gruesome or too too fearsome or anything like that. And I think I think the game could lend itself to a game script to where Arizona could find itself having to pass quite a bit because from what I am looking at now, 
Seattle is a good seven at seven and a half to eight point favorite. So um, yeah, I, I could see game script working to Marquise Brown's favor and him finishing over that. So yeah, I'm going to say he can do that. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. He's done that in three of the six games so far. Um, also, Seattle gives up the most fantasy points to the position. Uh, they give up 204 yards to wide receivers, um, passing yards, that is. And um, also, they're one of the teams that give up the most yards and points to slot wide receivers, and Brown lined up there 40% last week. Yeah, I think it should be a smash spot for him. I'm going to say he can do that. Let's go. So next we have – oh, yeah, I, my fault. I forgot. It's my turn. Next we oh, have – oh, all right. This is a good one. Next we have will Christian Watson have over 48.5 receiving yards against the Denver Broncos? Yeah, it's an interesting spot here because Christian Watson started the year with an injury. Um, but, you know, as he worked himself back here, that that week five game, um, he played 84% of the snaps and ran a route on 70 or had a 70.6 route run rate, if you will. So looks like he's back to health and getting acclimated here. They just come. They're just coming off a of bye week. So they'll have time. They had time here to scheme against Denver. He'll likely see Patrick Sertan um, coverage, if you will, but I'm not going to let that scare me off because Christian Watson can get this in one or two uh, catches easily. So I'm going to say he can do that 48 and a half yards receiving yards. Yeah. I'm riding with you on that. Um, this Denver defense has, has been nothing to fear. And like, you know, um, I know, I know Sertan is an elite coverage coverage guy, and all, but um, yeah, Denver's still been getting sliced up. There, I think I think they have, if not the highest, one of the highest explosive um, pass rates in the league. You know, um, plays that go over. I want to say it's either fifteen or twenty yards and whatnot. And that is right in Christian Watson's wheelhouse. I expect him to play like a full complement of snaps now. You know that he's been back off his injury, just came off the bye, like you mentioned. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm going to say he can do he, he can do this. And just in general, I wouldn't be surprised if this man goes ham this week. For sure. The last one we have here, will Kenny Pickett, quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, have over 219 and a half passing yards against the Los Angeles Rams? Um, Kenny Pickett, you know... I really hate this offense so much, man. Um, and then <laughs> I just, I, I just really do. And I, you know, the Steelers' offense is one of the worst in the league. There, I, I don't envision them like passing the ball a whole lot in this game. Like I don't think they'll necessarily end up having to, um, because I, I think their defense will kind of help to keep it close and and whatnot. I just. I, I I can't go over that with with, with Pickett. I'm I'm going to say I'm going to say no. He 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 can't do that. Even though even though he's getting Deontay back and even though he's getting Pat Pryor moves back, I think this is going to be um, a dink and dunk Matt Canada operation. 
And um, and no, he he he's not going to do that. Excuse me, he can't do that. <laughs> All right. Um, so I looked at how many yards the Rams give up per game passing yard wise. It was exactly two hundred and nineteen yards. Hilarious, hilarious stuff. Hmm. Um, Kenny Pickett has gone over this number uh, four out of the five games he's played. Uh, get Deontay back. Pat Fryer move might be back here. It doesn't matter. I don't think he'll do it. I'm going to say he can't do that. Yeah, just just fading Pickett. Just, yeah, it, it just feels right. <laughs> All right, let's get into the last segment here, a little DBB. Um, we got the game between the New Orleans Saints and the Jacksonville Jaguars. The over-under for this game is 40 points, and the spread is New Orleans minus a point and a half. Um, Darrell, I see you got the sheet up, and I'll hand it over to you. What are right, you going folks. with here? As this game is about I'm, to tip off shortly. I'm making my pick live. Um, I have been waiting for what they're going to decide to do with Trevor. Um, like if, if Trevor's going to go or not, that would, that would influence what I was going to do. Do you have any notes on that? Have you seen anything? I had last seen that he is going to be playing. He's going to be giving it a go. All right. So Trevor is going to play. I'm going to, I'm going to take the points. I'm going to take the points here. Um, yeah. You know what? No, 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 no. This screams under. This screams under. Um, New Orleans offense has been shaky. Trevor is kind of eh, and New Orleans plays a lot of man. Um, I don't think Trevor's been good against man, if I'm remembering correctly. There's some quarterbacks. Yeah, no, I'm going under. I'm going under the 40 points, and I'm putting it in the sheet <laughs> as we speak. Under. There. I put it on wax. I can't go changing it later. I'm, I'm taking under. What? Where do you put doing? it on the wax? So I went with New Orleans here, and I am locking it. I'm mainly playing this on just a pure what I think spot, if you will. New Orleans just came off the loss against Houston. Some would see that as embarrassing, but I think that Houston team is just better than what people are, are expecting, and that New Orleans defense. It's good, but it's not as good as people expected. So that Houston loss isn't too surprising, but I just think it's a spot for them to get back home on a short week. Jacksonville has been out in London. They came home, and now they got to come back and play another game four days later. With the quarterback that's dealing with a knee injury, Like I just expect New Orleans to take care of business here, and I got New Orleans, and I locked it in to cover the one-and-a-half points. Word. And you know what? That reminds me. I did hear something today. This is Jacksonville's third game in 12 days. And one of those games, you know, was in London, as you just mentioned. So, yeah, this this has been a lot of football. Yeah. These boys have played in a very short amount of time. So I think that we're both kind of playing into that with these two picks, me going under and you going with, um, with, with New Orleans. Um, so... Yeah, we could both 
I see both of us maybe probably coming away with a couple dubs here. Famous last words for gamblers. For sure, for sure. Um, so we're not going to look at the week seven numbers. Uh, I do want to recap um, our records, though, because we didn't do that. Um, week six, Daryl went five and ten. I went yeah. six and nine. Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> Daryl is 48, 48 and one on the season. So that will put him at 50 percent. I am 52, 43 and two. That's 54.7% per, for me. So I'm still up here. Um, we got wait, week wait, seven. Wait, wait, wait. We got some buys. Um, what's up? Wait, I should be just slightly over 50% because the the, the tie counts as half, half a win. Doesn't it? Okay. Well, I can adjust. I can adjust the formula for that. The formula probably. Well, the formula is not counting ties as far as any win percentage points. I don't know if you're being uh, serious or not, but we can talk about and adjust okay. it offline. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. 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 I, I. I get you. I get you. Either way, you are looking up to me. Um. <laughs> Hate that for you. This Sorry, man dude. Is um, a clown. <laughs> there, there's a lot going on right now, so I'm, I'm just gonna tell you this. Houston is out to a 3-0 lead early, so that's why I'm I'm, I'm at focus here. Uh, Yes, okay, so <laughs> I'm sorry. Like that's why I'm, I'm half losing my mind talking you this half point and stuff. But yeah, Houston is out to a 3-0 lead. No outs. Um, well, one out now. Um, but yeah, things are happening. Football is footballing, so gotta love that. But yeah, we got week seven coming up here. Like I said, we got bye weeks um, there coming up. Our bye, we got bye weeks with with six teams on buys. Um, I say we go ahead and get out of here. How you feeling about that? I'm feeling good about it, man. Wishing everybody a good week seven. Hopefully you weather this by and the depth that you drafted is able to outlast and, and, and wear out your opponents this week. And you come back fresh next week off of victory. Same here, same sentiments. Also, keep in mind, after this week, it'll be halfway through your fantasy regular season. So it's time to start looking at your squad even more in depth. If you're over 500, think about what you need to do. Um, to keep your squad there or to improve upon it. And if you're under it, you're still thinking about making it better, but also keeping in mind um, maybe some potential trades for some guys, maybe some rookies that, you know, are starting to get an uptick in snaps or something to kind of help you have a boost later on in the season. So it's that time, man. Yeah. Nobody is sacred when you're trying to make the playoffs. Just got to find the right deal. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Sorry about the baseball content there on my end, but I am an Astros fan and I just like seeing that. Um, as usual, it's your boy, Derek, my brother, Daryl. We're going to get out of here, guys. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.